passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, and welcome to our review of Predator. God damn. You want to let everybody know why we're, what, 15 minutes late? We're 12 minutes late. Because we had we have multiple rooms set up for all the goddamn shows that we're doing that I was just sitting in a room, a stream yard room that we don't need tonight. And I'm like, where the hell is Way? Like, where is he? And I'm texting him and then realizing that it's my fault. And what a what a waste of uh, 10 minutes. Well, 10 very precious minutes. I mean, um, you know, I, I was busy setting up everything. So I was just thinking, well, maybe it's due to this massive overrun that John is this late. But even for overrun um, standards, I, I felt this was a little bit unusual. So I was getting a bit concerned. So thankfully, we were able to find you. I almost exactly knew what had happened the moment that I saw your text. So here I am. Here we are. Yes, we got a seven minute overrun of dynamite. Couldn't cram it all into two hours. This was necessary. Some segments we had to play twice just to make sure everyone got the the cleanest (laughs) video of this award winning comedic sketch. Overruns have long been a tactic to increase your average, haven't they? Oh, we're going to see every tactic next Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Limited commercial interruptions, overruns. Yeah. Do we get an underrun next week? Do, does someone do the nitro trick or the raw trick? I should say to combat nitro, and they go on like three minutes early. At this point, I who who knows? You know, um, I I can imagine the Cody clock making a return. Um, anything, throw it out there. It's going to be a, the Cody clock time. might come back. Like this is going to be every gimmick imaginable. Do we get the Cena yeah. clock? Uh, why don't you just, you you, just set up you multiple can, clocks? They'll put in the graphic. You can see him in. And the hmm. clock underneath. Okay, sure. We're going to get into all of this because that is uh, setting the stage. But 
very interesting tonight, the fact that not only the, the Tuesday lineup we have, but Saturday, uh, they have bumped Collision up. It will start an hour early at 7 p.m. Eastern time, and thus we'll get a jump on Fastlane, which they had to be looking after this past Saturday. Like that Collision number got destroyed against No Mercy. You would have to think that even greater going against uh, Fastlane that has John Cena on the show on on Saturday. And it feels like these WWE events they're just getting stronger the the more collisions go up against them. Like, no mercy, like, provided a dent that SummerSlam and Payback did not. Certainly, yeah. I mean, I think if I'm AEW Collision, if I'm um, TNT, this makes all the sense in the world. I imagine if um, they could have bumped this up two hours, they might have considered it, you know? Uh, but We'll see the- how this does. Like, you're looking at the hope that, you know, number one, you get that pretty much an unopposed hour i don't think now now watch wwe put on a loaded kickoff show at seven o'clock but i mean this is the game and quite honestly Mm -hmm. like it's uh, i think it's great to be honest it's awesome it's so exciting i don't know why like i understand there is like an audience out there that that hate the the what uh, the ugliness that somewhat permeates throughout all of this Mm -hmm. but i i don't know i i mean i hate the ugliness you just have to stay away from it and enjoy the good stuff uh, that that's it and it, it's like i liken it to it's like competing sports teams that you know there's yeah it goes over the line sometimes and you don't want to see that but i mean you as a consumer it's like they're trying to gra- like they are appealing to you and they are grabbing your attention and you have the power to vote with your eyeballs of what product you prefer you can watch all of it you can watch none of it you can go back and forth i mean this was this is sort of the foundation that so much of this current fandom was built upon in the late 90s, many of whom didn't get to live through that period. And you're getting it now and you're getting like better wrestling products as a result of it, like two companies that like, would we have a WWE in this current state right now if there was no AEW for the past four years? We mm-hmm. certainly would not be getting some of the, 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 the money that these performers are making, but from an on-screen perspective, and I think conversely, I think you're going to have AEW that... I mean, they're they're looking at their business and and how they can improve their domestic business as a result of WWE getting hot. Competition is good for everybody, isn't it? You know, the only people that win are the wrestlers and us. Like we're all a popular person at school, and these two companies are both trying to ask us out to prom next Tuesday, eight p.m. So I feel very special right now. You should, you should. Well, we'll go over all of the lineups, but uh, want to let everybody know that. We have our Predator review not happening tonight, but instead Thursday, (laughs) it will be coming up on the cafe. Thursday, rewind away. We don't often review movies, but this one we're making an exception for because why? Jesse the Body Ventura, of course, stars in this. But beyond that, come on, Arnold Schwarzenegger, WWE Hall of Famer himself. Oh, that's right. So I've never seen this. John has never seen this either. At this moment in time, uh, 10 p.m. on Wednesday, I still have not seen it yet. So I will make some time at some point to watch Predator. And John and I will talk about it tomorrow. This one is not going to require the the legwork that our next Rewind Away, which is a beast that we will be covering. WrestleMania X7 this month. uh, That will be the next Rewind Away coming up in two weeks' time. So you're getting two Rewind Aways this month. We have the whole whole menu item for October up on the site that you can check out uh, this this month includes the return of MCU later, which will be season two of Loki with WH Park and Rich Fan. They're going to be going through week by week. And for week number one, the season premiere of uh, season two, uh, we'll be putting it out for everybody this coming Monday. 
Correct. Yeah, they'll be doing the show on Sunday evening, so you have the whole weekend to watch the show. And then on Monday, everybody can join in as they listen to Rich and WH MCU then. Yes, so you can join on board at postwrestlingcafe.com. $6 gets you in the door and access to all of these bonus shows, which do include weekly shows covering SmackDown, Collision, and we will be doing multiple New Japan reviews this month, Ask Away, and Bound for Glory with myself and John Ceno. And also uh, coming up this, this week, some free shows coming your way Friday with Post Pro Res with WH Park and Karen Peterson. Lots to talk about in the world of uh, Japanese wrestling coming off the Stardom Five Star Grand Prix, Katsuhiko Nakajima, and uh, New Japan, who has their Sumo Hall card on Monday. And then Saturday night, John Ceno and Wei Ting will be covering WWE Fastlane head to head with. Kate from Montreal and Bruce Lord, maybe. I don't know. For an hour at least, you know. Roughly, yeah. Yes. That's right. Yeah, we'll have you covered no matter what. And again, just uh, this particular week, John has been debuting his post-audio daily news updates. Those usually available for our higher tiered patrons. But if you sign up this week, you can get them this whole week on any tier. So go and check that out, along with ad-free versions of the podcast that you're listening to right now. That's right. Rewind to Raw, Rewind to Dynamite, and our pay-per-view reviews will now be available ad-free for all members at all levels at postwrestlingcafe.com. So there you go. Those are all the uh, the programming notes, but let's talk a bit about uh, some news items. And we're going to start off with the, the Tuesday head-to-head battle that is uh, coming up next week. And this is going to be uh, all... Uh, we were knowing that WWE was not going to just simply uh, concede the night, uh, so to speak. And you're watching Tuesday night's NXT, and they announced midway through the show, Asuka's coming next week to face Roxanne Perez. And you're just watching this being like, that can't be the only trick they have up their sleeve. And then it's in the final quarter. Carmelo Hayes just gets off the phone and announces his buddy John Cena is coming to NXT uh, for his match against Braun Breaker. And Braun Breaker will have Paul Heyman in his corner. Now, you might think that is enough. No, Cody Rhodes is coming to NXT next Tuesday for a special <laughs> announcement. He's going to announce that he is he is signed up for hip toss class at the Performance Center. Oh, goodness. Wow. He's going to he's going to cut a, a, a Cody promo uh, outside of the of the realm of the WWE. You know, maybe this will be a return to uh, a different Cody Rhodes. I don't know. But um, get, is this a. Is this a wink and a nod, Cody? That's a, it's going to be a calling out the uh, the reason for him being here. I can only hope. You know, could this be a, the return of Devante in NXT? I oh love my goodness! Story. Yes. Um, no, I mean, I I thought Cody alone, I think, would probably be like as much as they would do Cody plus maybe like a Becky Lynch match. Instead, they decided not to go the Becky route. Instead, saving her for um, the you know uh, what's the next Halloween Havoc. Yeah, and it's uh, not for another three weeks, although th- they could probably have her appear next week. Definitely. Yes. Uh, you got Oscar in the mix as well. What I did not expect was them going to the the real big dog here. The greatest of all time as they continue to push him. John Cena appearing in the the what is it? Um, uh, what do they call that thing? The Performance Center? The, no, the CWC. The, the uh, whatever. I don't really call it that as much anymore. I don't know if it really has a branding attached to it, but regardless. Capital Wrestling Center or something. Sure. Um, it, it actually, when we were talking about it Monday, like I was, I was thinking legitimately before they they announced it that like 
if ever there was a time that they would have access to a John Cena, this is probably the time. Like there's, this may be the one and only time you could ever get Cena where his schedule is such that he is kind of blocked off this time for WWE and they're, they're bringing him in. And this is like, I just, I look at these two lineups and this should certainly be, uh, you have to look at NXT here as having the, uh, the decisive edge, but uh, I don't know about that. Well, uh, no pun intended from you, I, I guess. Right. I just look at that. They're on the regular night. I think like, look what Becky has done for these numbers. And I think Cena is going to mean that much more coupled with Cody. Um, it's uh, it, like, who knows? It's, I think I, it's very, a- con- I'm very interested to see what the combined audience ends up being like, what the peak like between both shows is of how many like unique fans are watching at a, at a given point. I have to think it'll be much higher than usual. To me, it feels like it's more than a fair fight. Uh, yes, you have NXT that is, I think, you know, largely perceived as the third brand of WWE, but they are rising really, really quickly, and they're adding a whole lot of ammunition in the form of the biggest stars that the company has to offer. They're on their regular night. AEW is moving to a, an irregular night, but they are stacking their entire card and their entire uh, Tuesday show. And we know that AEW has an audience that is willing to follow them no matter what day of the week that they, they appear on. So I think it's a more than fair fight. And I don't know if either mm, you can argue both sides have the advantage. And for that reason, I think it's a, it's a very fair fight. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I, if I would say if, if AEW is very competitive with this lineup, I think that's um, like, even if they do not, uh, if they are close to this NXT lineup, I, I take that as a win being on the, the, the different night and what, what, what is being thrown against uh Tuesday show. I mean, both are, both are loaded up shows. So. Wednesday though, has some really big names. You can argue bigger names maybe throughout the course of the show compared to NXT. So, I mean, let's, let's go through the uh, AEW dynamite lineup right now. Why don't we, we have Ray Phoenix versus John Moxley. We have cope. Uh, that's all I'm going to call him from this point on cope. Versus ledge <laughs> cope. Taken on Luchasaurus. We got Jay White versus Hangman Adam Page. Powerhouse Hobbs versus Chris Jericho. Hikaru Shida versus Soraya for the AEW Women's Championship. And Swerve versus Brian Danielson. So they're bringing out all their heavy hitters too for this Tuesday show. Oh, yeah. This is like, this is all like big, big names wrestling on television. And I think that, you know, Adam Copeland's first match, I mean, that should have some, um, you know, big curiosity just being his, his first match outside of of WWE. So it's a very loaded show going up against uh, NXT, which as of now, in terms of just matches, we only have those two matches um, that, that have been announced so far. And we will see what is uh, what, what is ma- made over the uh, the coming week. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, dun, 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 Brock Lesnar shows up. Okay. Throw in Randy Orton, Hulk Hogan, um, you know, you name it. Everybody, Vince McMahon makes his return, his debut in NXT. I mean, it will be, one where i mean it's just it's amazing how this has timed out for them to have like peaked all this for for this particular week just when it happens that dynamite is moving to tuesday night all these like long-term stories that are coming to a to a head here this this long this long friendship between carmelo hayes and john cena that all of a sudden is going to be realized in person on tuesday well, what are we saying here? You know that they shouldn't do something about you know their no, their, no, their absolutely company. not. They should be you know loading this up. Oh but yeah, don't give us the double speak about that. You know everything is competition for us. We look at you know everything. This is you know we like just let's be honest. We are we are we are competing for the same 
audience on this Tuesday night. It's mm. very clear. And you just kind of look silly when you're arguing anything but that when look at the the lengths we are going with to preserve our night against the uh, competitor. And we're going to get this again in uh, November, that uh, full gear weekend when Collision goes head to head with SmackDown on a Friday night as well. So that will again be AEW on a different night with a uh, two hour head to head battle. And I'm sure that one will be built up significantly, too. So, you know, within our own post little universe, of course, we uh, were debating how we would possibly cover this evening. Of course, we cover Dynamite as we will a little bit later on. But we also have our friends at Poisonrana who cover up next for us every single Tuesday. So we have come together. We have, um, you know, shared our opposing views. We have decided to go head to head on the same show. All four of us will be doing the show together on Tuesday, whatever you want to call it, Super Tuesday, um, Tuesday Night Titans, whatever. It'll be a joint stream between Up Next and Rewinded Dynamite. All four of us, the BDE, Poison Rana, and John Pollock in waiting all together next week. Okay, so tune into that Tuesday at um, wh- whatever the overrun concludes. Oh, my God. What, what if each two side, what, what if like each side is waiting for the other to blink? They won't go off the air till the other does. We could be, this could be an, an Iron Man match. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is coming up. And uh, let's chat about some of the other news and uh, ratings notes. So, Collision, I mentioned 327,000 viewers on Saturday night and a 0.08 going against No Mercy, the lowest in the history of Collision over its 16 weeks and a fall of 42% in viewership, 55% drop in the demo. Uh, 65% decline from the previous week of men 18 to 49 and a 49% drop in adults 18 to 34, 58% among adults 35 to uh, 54. You get the picture here. If there's a conclusion way, this is a show. You know what the core audience is for collision? What's that? Women 18 to 34 who are up this week. That's the only, that was the only increase. It went from 12,000 to 14,000 this week. And that, that was it. Um, they got slaughtered against No Mercy. Were you sensing that it would be this level of decline? Or was this above what your expectation level was for an NXT show? Albeit one that was built up really well and had a big name in Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. It was more than I was expecting. You know, um, I was following, I mean, I reviewed Collision on Saturday and I definitely since just throughout my own timeline, most of the attention was on No Mercy that evening. Um, but even then, I I don't know if I expected going in this much of a dent in Collision's numbers. And I think um, at this point, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, No Mercy is, is incredibly hot and feels like a real extension of the relevant programming that you get on Mondays and Fridays. And in many cases, especially with if you're a Becky Lynch fan, it is, you know, like it's the only show where you could really watch her do something of, of significance. So um, whereas I, this edition of Collision, I don't know if it made any sort of special effort to feel like a unique you know, must see show. And that's the feeling I kind of came out of it. Yes. It was a novelty to see Jericho team with uh, Kenny Omega, but mm, I would have chosen no mercy myself if I had the choice. Yeah. I mean, it's one where like we, we clearly are seeing just how impactful these WWE shows are. And NXT is no exception either. And it will be interesting to see if they kind of augment any of this erosion this coming week by bumping it up an hour. I think, think it was the right choice because i think just going with the same uh strategy this coming saturday it would have been we would have been talking about a new all-time low uh come next week but when that number comes out will that be enough 
we'll we'll see. Um, we talked about it today, myself and uh, Brandon Thurston, but just tracking the premium live events that have gone against Collision, and even the fact going back to one of the first Collisions that aired the same day as Money in the Bank, which was the uh, the London show. So they didn't even air head to head, but still you saw Collision take a hit of just all these hours in one day. And that's going to revisit itself for that Saudi Arabia show in a couple of weeks as well. They don't go head to head, but nonetheless, are we talking about enough fans that have watched a three and a half hour WWE show? Are they, are they in the mindset to consume two more hours? Mm -hmm. Yeah. With this being such a regular thing, you have to wonder if there are any sort of discussions about permanently moving collision to a different time. Um. it, it remains to be seen. I mean, they, they've honestly held up very well against college football, which is a feather in their cap. But like the WWE shows, it's it's, it's very notable. It's going to be more than once a month, you know, between WWE PL, PLEs. And now we know NXT PLEs can also take a huge dent from them as well. All right. Raw ratings for Monday night saw Raw up to 1,511,000 viewers, a 0.48. This was their best performance so far this season against Monday Night Football. I guess it somewhat helped. There was a there was a blowout uh, in, in the game. So they were up 3% in viewers, 12.5% in the demo and up 33% in the adult 18 to 34 demo. And NXT from Tuesday, Becky Lynch is... Three for three on TV, and you can make it four for four if you want to include this uh, this No Mercy performance. But uh, with Becky off last week, uh, the numbers went back to normal. So this week, with her promoted uh, around her appearance, audience was up 35% to 857,000 viewers. Their most viewers since October 28th of 2020 for a Halloween Havoc special. So we're talking almost three years. The demo was up 23% to a 0.22. That was only a two-week high from one of the other Becky shows. But if if there is one trend here, uh, Becky brings a a ton of female viewership with her. I mean, just gigantic gains uh, across the board among women this week compared to last week. So that is sort of the swing audience that Becky has made a difference for, uh, but uh, certainly proving to be very effective. I would... I would shoehorn her onto that show next Tuesday. I think that she is she is a guaranteed difference maker. And I'm certain that Cena and Cody will be as well. But if you this woman is ingrained in your stories and if she can be on the show, I would I would make uh, I would make room for her for at least a, a portion of the show next week. It feels like one of those all hands on deck shows. If she's healthy, I imagine she will have a strong presence on the show, uh, perhaps wrestling. She'll probably bring her husband with her, and then you can have the pretty much the entire Raw roster show up. Maybe Rue will make her NXT debut. At this point, sure. Why not? Okay, so that's all the ratings notes. Uh, Walker Stewart has confirmed uh, the, the report that was first made by uh, Super Jcast that he will be uh, becoming the new English voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling. His first show will be the Fighting Spirit Unleashed card uh, later this month in Las Vegas on October 28th. He's going to be calling that show with Veda Scott. And then he later that week will be doing a Road to Power Struggle card with Chris Charlton as well as Power Struggle itself on November 4th from uh, that shows in Osaka. And Kevin Kelly will be doing the destruction card that's coming up this Monday. And he's doing Wrestle Kingdom and New Year Dash in January. But uh, Walker Stewart, he's been doing, um, you know, commentary for a while. He did like uh, Booker T's Reality of Wrestling. He's done a lot of Texas independence. He's done work with uh, future stars of wrestling out of Vegas. Uh, is only 21 years of age, but he, uh, it, it was 
Kevin Kelly and brutal Bob Evans that kind of have been his uh, mentors and kind of, uh, you know, put in the recommendation for him. So he will be starting off later this month. So you'll get a sample of him. You can already listen to some of his stuff online. If you're not uh, familiar with him on the new Japan front, Leo rush, he missed Tuesday's uh, sorry, Wednesday show and will be off uh, Thursday. This was due to a fever of 105 degrees, which is no joke. When you're talking a fever of that level, he's still advertised for the sumo hall card on Monday, where he's got a, Triple threat with Hiromu Takahashi and Speedball Mike Bailey. So at least if he can make Sumo Hall, it's a it's a relatively, you know, by the numbers match that you can come back and just kind of ease yourself into with a, a triple threat. Not too many high expectations for that one. Um with those guys and their style, I I yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> 105 degree fever. Like that's I think I think I had like it, it, like the highest I ever had was like 104, and dude, you're you're kind of losing it at 104. 105 start, is a little like concerning. You can start baking at some of those temperatures. It's uh, it's not great. Last note: Will Osprey, he's going to be taking on Josh Alexander October 22nd at the Impact Television tapings, the day after Bound for Glory. That's happening at Cicero Stadium, and probably a, another one in the Will Osprey collection for 2023 really uh he's really just uh picking his spots isn't he like really toning it down now i think he's really he's really yeah he's trying to make up for some lost time um this is the guy that's like won the batting title but he's still swinging for the fences every time out yes he's max verstappen trying to win the remainder of the races he's been having already clinched it pretty much what a comparison yes all right uh all of your news can be found at postwrestling.com and it's a busy world out there to consume all of your news all of your podcasts And it's also really tough to consume all of the professional wrestling out there. You need every advantage that you can find. That is so true, John. And what better way to try to get your hands on the world of professional wrestling that is out there than with NordVPN. Yes, thank you to NordVPN for sponsoring this podcast. And special thanks to all of you who signed up with our code last weekend ahead of AEW Wrestle Dream. A reminder. And you can enjoy discounted prices for AEW pay-per-views on fight by directing your IP to a location like the UK or Australia. This is also how I watch AEW Dynamite and Collision commercial free each week through my AEW Plus subscription on fight, a service otherwise not available in my location. VPNs are also a must for anyone with concerns about online security. If you do any sort of downloading of content or if you're worried about unwanted tracking from advertisers, ISPs, phishing sites, and hackers, a trusted VPN like Nord's helps mask your IP to protect your browsing. Nord has also introduced its new threat protection feature. So even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it in the background before it makes a mess of your computer. Sign up at NordVPN.com slash postwrestling where you can get four months on top of all two-year plans. They've also got a 30-day money-back guarantee, which comes out to about $3.08 a month when you sign up again at NordVPN.com slash postwrestling. Check the link in the show description. Do yourself and us a favor. Sign up with our link. Get yourself some bonus months and let them know you found out about us. Found out about them through posts. I got to get that right. Did NordVPN allow you to hear Christian's uncensored message for adam copeland at the end of the night because uh for me watching on simple tsn uh his message to his uh his 40-year best friend was go i got it all john i got everything uncensored i heard tony storm talk about titty slapping sky blue you get it actually all. that that did make it into the the tsn broadcast they didn't cut oh. the break in time they weren't on top of her throwing to uh the picture in picture 
Okay, well, we did get that. Well, tonight, Dynamite was at the Stockton Arena in Stockton, California. WrestleTix, um, noting that since Adam Copeland's addition, they moved over 1,000 tickets and were up to, at, the, at last uh, count, uh, just over 3,800 tickets distributed. So not an overwhelming figure, but at least some movement with uh, Adam Copeland. But, I mean, it's not one of the attendance figures that you're going to be uh, you know, too blown away by. And let's remember, this is an arena that holds 12,000. So some of the and the sound on tonight's show, I thought was maybe no, more noticeably um, hollow at points. Yeah, sometimes you get like it's a small number, but these AEW shows, they sound so much louder. I wouldn't like th- there, there were some points they got really into things. But overall, I, w- I wouldn't call this like a crazy sounding crowd, even in a, in a low mm-hmm. number. Adam Copeland already inserted into the uh, the opening of Dynamite. And our first scene of the night is uh, we throw to the back and Renee is with Jericho and Omega and she congratulates them on four years of dynamite and notes how they were on opposite sides on the very first show in 2019. And Jericho mentions debuting 33 years ago, just a few days ago, marking his anniversary. And Adam Copeland walks in and notes the overwhelming Canadian content. There was so much Canadian content here. Um, I'm, if they had done this on collision, they would have had to put it on TSN too. <laughs> that's correct yes yeah that's their ruling and he says he plans to be here for a long time for the eighth anniversary of, of dynamite wishes them luck and then omega walks up and says it's really nice to meet you you had me on the edge of my seat on sunday and this felt like a line that adam copeland was like legitimately reacting to in the moment and they shake hands and copeland mentions how i can't stand don Callis either and then Renee has a little byplay here with Jericho, admitting that she kind of likes Kenny a bit better than Jericho. Hmm. This was like your cool, like, okay, all these different figures interacting. By the end of the show, I thought the scene was, was very unnecessary because it was a gaping hole for me during this attack by Powerhouse Hobbs, where they went out of their way to explain the Young Bucks are gone and Hangman Page isn't here. And all I'm thinking of is... This this guy that like was just like best buds with these guys like an hour and a half ago. And I just I could have withheld this segment till collision uh, mm. to do it again because it's it was on my head. The, the entire attack angle is, well, why wouldn't this guy come to, to, to this aid? Mm. He, it's not just yeah, meeting Omega and Jericho. He goes out of his way to say he hates Don Callis, too. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I completely understand why they would want to put the biggest name in, you know, of the week in the company on the first segment as the first thing that viewers, you know, especially potentially new viewers mm-hmm. would tune in to see. It makes all the sense in the world. To be quite honest, I didn't even think about the connection that you just mentioned, but it makes all the sense in the world as well, John, because we're trained in professional wrestling to be able to, you know, associate uh, friends with like you know these sort of segments and in these sort of beatdowns it almost felt like it was served up to for you to expect an adam copeland um save and i don't could have had this with anyone else like if it was with like the hardys for instance or something Hmm. any anybody else that maybe has some history with adam copeland if you want that image because to me like they they think this way and that's why they explain the bucks and hangman not coming and this was so fresh in my mind that 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 was my only negative on this particular scene because um, 
to, yeah. to me, it was just a hole in the attack angle later. I, I mean, I think they wanted to um, associate clearly, you know, Edge and Kenny Omega for a future match down the, down the road and, and probably even sooner than later, I would say. Um, it's also maybe a bit more um, you get a You get a mix of everything here. You get a reunion between Edge and Chris Jericho, but you also get this sort of like dream on screen pairing for the first time between Kenny Omega and Edge. So for those reasons, I understand. But I do think maybe it was a bit of an oversight that they would do that sort of angle with Kenny and not have any mention of where Edge is. The first match is Ray Phoenix and Nick Jackson for the AEW International Championship, a rematch from November of 2019. And we have Matt Jackson, Penta, and Alex Abrahantis in the respective corners. And um, they had <laughs> shocking. They had a really great match to open up Dynamite. Uh, some highlights included Phoenix missing a PK off the guardrail and then Nick with a, a Rana onto the floor after a slingshot over the rail. Nick tries for a kick on the apron. He misses, so he kicks the post, and this would affect his foot for the rest of the match that Phoenix would go after. They traded super kicks, did a double kip up, and then both go down. The crowd is clapping for them. And then uh, Nick does a backflip to the floor, holds his ankle from the earlier spot, and eats a cutter from Phoenix. Then there's a head kick by, by Nick using the injured foot, then each springboard to the top, and Nick executes this avalanche cutter for a two count. And then it was into these big uh, near falls, including Nick doing a poison Rana. Then he bounces off the top rope and rebounds into a Canadian destroyer. There's a solo BTE trigger. And then Phoenix catches the leg, super kicks the injured foot and hits a frog splash for a big near fall. Goes to the Phoenix driver. There's a roll up by Nick and a reversal by Phoenix catching Nick in 13 minutes and 43 seconds, retaining the international championship. I thought it was a very good match. Crowd, I thought, was pretty lively for this one. They recognized that they were seeing a pretty significant rivalry in the history of AEW. Um, and I thought that this particular match and maybe this, you know, international run going forward for Phoenix is going to offer a really unique opportunity for him to showcase his well-roundedness as a wrestler because it's relying on him selling a whole lot more, selling body parts in particular. You know, the way um, maybe even the back injury really helped Nick Jackson improve his reputation as somebody who, you know, was a bit more complete than simply a high flyer. So in this match, I thought you had both Nick and Phoenix be able to work a lot more of a body part focused style, uh, Ray with his back and, and Nick Jackson here with his leg. And um, I thought this was unique, you know, a, a unique addition to sort of like the collection of matches that these two have had, because it didn't just rely on their speed and acrobatics. You had a bit of that too towards the end, but I thought it was, it had a bit more depth than some of those other matches. I thought it was a nice collection of like just um, a build on the on the last match, and yeah, we're working in the the injured foot with the bad back. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. This was my my favorite match on the show tonight. In particular, like even at the end of the match, I mean, Phoenix was spending a lot of time laying down and even mm -hmm. like having to like um, basically collapse right after his hand was raised by the referee. And I'm really hoping that this was just like great selling by Phoenix. Um, because the announcers pointed it out so much, I'm willing to think that it was. But it tells you that, like, if it is, it's really good selling from him. This is the title that, I mean, you're just thrown into the deep end. So he's got Moxley next week. Like, he's it's just the title that you just work hurt through. Mm -hmm. Then they recap the Roderick Strong Adam Cole segment with MJF from last week. And we go to a... Uh, a pre-taped segment where Adam Cole is outside of Roderick Strong's house with the kingdom. So this was listed as earlier today. Okay. Right. Now that the pay-per-view is gone and dynamite is over. Why did the kingdom have their luggage at collision and have to race 
to get catch the red eye Saturday night. Okay, well, clearly they showed up before Adam Cole did. They they spent the entire weekend with Roderick Strong. Cole just made it today. They had to be there that Saturday night for that. Well, Roderick Strong is is a man of of um, of great need. You know, and look at him. He's in a wheelchair. He's got a neck collar. Okay. He's a very demanding okay. friend. I don't know if you've noticed. Okay, so this segment featured uh, Roderick Strong getting a gift for Adam Cole. He got him a scooter for his broken ankle, and they hilarious. They go around the house, yeah. playing on their wheelchair and scooter. And Cole keeps saying, "I've I've got to go for my ankle surgery." But Roderick says, "I need you to move some furniture." And Cole, since he's his best friend does it he's like moving a couch he's like lifting all this stuff with the broken ankle with the broken ankle yes and then he says i've got to leave but it ends with strong saying that he still needs his help and adam cole proving that he's a good friend is going to stick around um i didn't find this funny at all i i thought this was awful i'm sorry Wait, oh i think we gosh, might John. have disagreed on this what's wrong with you where's your soul I have I have none. This was great. I love this. Okay. Well, first what did of all, you love about this? So tell me, did you like the MGF and Cole segments more than this? Um, yes, I did. I, I found them like there there was an entertainment to them. Like not my my favorite things, but I saw the entertainment. I'm I'm those? watching this with a comedic lens and I, I was not entertained by any of this. Oh, come on. I, I think if you like those, this was much the same way. In, in fact, like I kind of like these a little bit more than the MJF ones. And for me, like the good, the whole MJF ones have been really good. But um, I think Strong and Kingdom as characters are a lot more, you know, they're almost 100% comedic in nature. And tonally, they fit these videos in this style that MJF and Cole have set up really perfectly. And I would say maybe... Um, you know, I would even say like uh, some expectations of what a world champion is with MJF aren't necessarily like the burden that they would be, you know, in, in, in a video like this. Um, beyond that, John, I just think it's a brilliant pivot, you know, for Cole uh, through this injury, you know, by still having him appear on TV. He's got basically a gimmick now where he can do these sort of backstage uh, or sorry, uh, out of arena types of skits. Um, and still be entertaining and still be able to convey a pretty good amount of story. It's super helpful for Roderick Strong and the kingdom to continue to flesh out their comedic characters. Um, I, we're not, I loved we're it. not arguing. I am not anti skit. I am not anti entertainment. I just, I, I just didn't find any of this entertaining or funny. The premise of it is fine. Yes. This guy's injured. Find a role for him. I just, I just did not find it. Like, you don't think it's funny to see Adam Cole and Roderick Strong race on their scooters and wheelchairs? No, I th- I just thought it was like... You don't really think weird. it's funny to see a one-legged Adam Cole move furniture for Roderick Strong? Th- there were no parts I found just, just funny. Like, I just didn't think it was... Like, whether this was, was improvised or, or written, it was... Like, I just didn't get any entertainment value out of it. So that's just... Th- this is my personal taste. If this segment tomorrow, it's like the, the rage of the show. Listen, I will... I will absolutely understand that there's. Well, a I, I, do, I will concede that comedy is very subjective and what might work for you is not going to work for somebody else. What worked for me clearly isn't going to work for somebody else either. You know what I was thinking after this? Maybe I need to watch it again. Maybe I needed to watch it with another fresh. <laughs> you probably didn't device. hear it with the right sound. Yeah. This is like the, uh, is this thing on? <laughs> I said. <laughs> so um, before that, um, Griff Garrison and Wardlow. Um, Griff Garrison is out and we get the, uh, the surprise return of Wardlow who mauls this guy, five power bombs and pins him in a minute two. 
leaves hops the guardrail and leaves through the crowd and uh, that was our return of wardlow who has been gone since june they noted he like he usually i think he at least likes to stick around to you know get his arm raised and maybe like soak up some of that adulation but tonight he just like did the power bombs and left right away and um i i think it's it's great you know like it's it's the way that wardlow has been pushed up until this point is mainly through his physicality um this, what happened to arn well did he drop him i i guess i guess he, isn't that what, a loose end um well you don't know he might be you know he might be polishing the gun collection and then he might be uh, showing up at some point he arn anderson should really join the, <laughs> the gun club shouldn't yeah. he? anyway um Wardlow has had a lot of chances at this point, you know, and and I, I I do feel like he's gained a bit of a reputation as a guy who should be more over than he actually is right now. So um, I almost wonder if this might be setting up a heel turn just to give you a bit of a different wrinkle to to his solo singles run. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping it's this time it, it connects in a way that the previous ones didn't. Don Callis and Takeshita were interviewed by Renee, and we learned that Sammy Guevara has not been medically cleared tonight, and therefore, on the recommendation of Will Ospreay, Kyle Fletcher will step in to team with Takeshita against Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, with Callis stating, no one remembers who win the battles, they remember who wins the war, and he will win the war no matter what. And then, in a, in a very bizarre moment, they note that due to some transmission issues, you might not have heard the audio for the Roderick Strong Adam Cole segment, and they replayed the thing. So they obviously, they were very proud of this thing, and they did not want to leave it to chance that anyone missed out on this segment. So we got a replay of this segment like 10 minutes after it aired. Oh, as they should be. This was a masterpiece. They should have ended the show with this for a third time, just in case with the (laughs) overrun. Definitely. I mean, essentially, like this felt like what it was like a minute or something. I mean, it basically basically replaced the butcher and the blade and Kip Sabian's entrance. The acclaimed and daddy ass defended the trios belts against butcher blade and Kip Sabian. Max did a rap about butcher and blade rubbing each other's knobs and Kip's best look being a box on his head. They clear the ring, the champion scissor. Sabian does a moonsault to the floor onto the acclaimed. And then the tag to Bowens is made after the picture in picture. And acclaimed hit their double team finisher. It's like a magic killer setup into a power slam by Max Caster. And they win in five minutes and 16 seconds, pinning Kip Sabian. It was honestly a little bit hard to pay attention to this because the finish came right as Excalibur was running down this week's uh, next week's edition of uh, Dynamite. In his Excalibur oh. delivery hard sell voice as well. So, yeah, it was very distracting. I actually had to rewind the the ending because I was just listening to him for the last minute as he just pumped up this title Tuesday. Beyond that, I mean, it's not really a defense of any sort of like significant note. And I don't know how like the acclaimed are kind of like they're not a team known for their great in-ring action, although they've had great matches. But for the most part, they're just like, you know, almost like, hey, here's the party like type, type, type of group. And um, I don't know if I was really missing a whole lot either by not paying cl- such close attention to the match. Got the season finale of Portrait of a Star with RJ City and Tony Storm. And he insults her by noting her ring experience that she's been wrestling for 14 years. And she is asking herself, does she have it or was she just lucky? And then RJ tells her the the words she's been waiting to hear. You're not even old. And thus she realizes she is timeless, timeless Tony Storm, who will premiere later tonight. And this oh. is the, the evolution of the character. This is timeless Tony Storm. I love it. First of all, magnificent performance from Tony Storm here. Um, 
I think being able to finally put a, a nickname or a label to this character almost feels like this week was sort of the completion of the transformation of timeless Tony Storm. It, it feels very, yeah, it feels very much um, like, you know, her version of, of the it, it's it's the new broken Matt Hardy, isn't it? You know, somebody driven to, to madness and now you have a catchy nickname attached to it. I love the smeared makeup look, you know, um, Reminds me, as I'm sure it did a lot of people, including um, Chelsea Green of uh, Hot Mess Laurel Van Ness. Um, you know this because she she retweeted a photo of her Hot Mess character today. Um, but these vignettes have been great to flesh out the character. And I'd love to see them continue these these sort of like, you know, backstage uh, post-production type of elements, especially for the, with a character like this. These vignettes are, to me, much more effective than just putting Tony Storm in a in a match every other week. I mean, these were these are very good. RJ is a natural for this kind of role, and yeah, it's. I'd it, love to see Dustin Runnels get involved and reprise maybe just a, a slightly similar version to the old character that he used to play. Okay, well, it's been a while Silver since Dust. we've seen Dustin. Um, could Black be... Rain. I'm talking about. Oh Jesus! I don't know. I think that's still a sensitive character with him. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We have the post-match comments from Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. And Brian screams that Zack doesn't have the heart or the soul to compete with him. If you didn't see Zack's uh, post-match interview, it's amazing. It was so good. Your brittle bones were in my hands. I, I very much, my, my New Year's resolution is to learn Zack better. Okay, it's a <laughs> yeah. great promo. Okay, that's a bit more of a, like a New Yorker trying to be a. a, a well, he used person. to live in New York, so maybe he could okay. up that up a close enough. Meet me halfway. Uh, but this is great, and the fact that this made it onto television, it does suggest that the rematch uh, is probably something that they are going to go towards. Like you did have Zach issue the challenge for either Japan or England, and it would seem like the, the fact that they are keeping this this moving as something that they they might go to and they don't need much of a build for the rematch, much like they didn't need a whole build for the first match. You could just no. announce this and people will be into it. Well, what's kind of odd is that like he mentioned UK or Japan. These are two territories that AEW does not run. So you would assume that it would take place on a new Japan show. Um, Maybe a power struggle, something sure. like that. Yeah. And, and would you actually get some promotion out of it from AEW? Well, that's, that's the question. And we'll see what, like, there was no mention tonight about this big angle or when, when did the Jericho angle happen? I think that was before last week's show. Anyway, we haven't heard. No mention. Yeah. Th- there's been no mention. That's the point. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we will see if any of their big players going uh, over to Japan gets any n- notoriety. Then Hangman Page had his comments after the Swerve Strickland loss and needs to rehab his arm, go back to the drawing board and mentions him using Prince Nana's crown. And we'll be on the show next week. And then they recapped MJF and Jay White from last week. I will say, this is not just a, um, like, an odd occurrence now. Like, there, there is a lot of non-wrestling content that is filtered, especially into Dynamite. Um, hmm. and, and that's become consistent, I think. Yeah, and I, I'm not, I, 
I don't complain about that. Like I'm somebody who I think has has wanted that a whole lot more. I don't think it's come at the expense of in ring quality on the show, and I think it's served to you know keep a lot more um, plate spinning, so to speak. You know, especially now that you have so many more programs to build ahead of these monthly, what feels like monthly pay per views. So they discuss the MJF uh, Jay White attack, and the guns come out, the Gun Club with uh, Juice Robinson, Colton, and Austin calling MJF the people's douchebag and state after all that time talking last week, the best you could come up with was tofu and you attack Jay white because you're scared. Juice calls him out, says you're not a man. So MJF arrives and he refers to juice as talentless taint and gets the crowd to start chanting ass boys, talentless taint. This was, this was pushing things. They knew that uh, um, you are an asshole would get censored on Fox. So would TNT or TBS censor talentless taint? I don't know. Did they? No, they did not. This was, this Ooh, was fair. Taint is allowed. Taint okay. allowed. Ass allowed. T T ain't T. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's the rebranding that Zaslav has been looking for. He lists off all the awful things he's done, including whipping Cody with a belt giving children injuries during a dodgeball game and almost getting them kicked off TV when he called Tony Khan an effing Mark. He says he did not attack Jay White or Tofu and proposes a Stockton street fight. And boom, did this crowd come alive? Wait a minute. That's where we are. And he enters the ring. They exit. And then Jay White returns, appears from behind and lays him out with the Blade Runner, takes the belt and steals it. And then does a long, lengthy promo calling MJF a coward and issues a challenge for full gear a mere six and a half weeks from now. Oh, goodness. Really? Wow. November 18th to prove he is an elite champion, but you will fail. And I'm going to keep this title. And MJF gets the microphone and he says, what's my answer? And I thought for sure he was going to turn, turn it down and make it next Tuesday. But no, he accepted the challenge for full gear. And my conclusion, that's a long time. <laughs> that's a long time. I'm not, I'm not, I think they'll have an excellent match, but that's a really long build for, for right. this match. Six and a half weeks. I mean, by today's standard, feels like it's it's quite quite a while, right? So I mean, um, listen, like we we usually like six and a half weeks out. I feel like AEW knows their destinations for these pay-per-views anyway. They just don't necessarily announce it. But you know, despite that, in the background, they are building contenders. Now we just all know it, but they still have to continue to build Jay White. Um, I personally wouldn't have minded if they delayed this um at least a week or two for sure. Um for not because of that reason but because i think jay needed to sell that attack for at least another week you know i mean something that only lays him out for four days i i don't think ultimately there's no drama or mystery anymore to who the attacker was like there was no consequence so how can you the fan be concerned about who this assailant was when the victim is fine the victim is now in a great position to challenge for the title like i i think yeah. they they took the drama away of this reveal of whoever yeah. this attacker is like i mean imagine like you know who shot mr burns and mr burns just comes back like you know a week i'm later. good i'm good yeah i mean you you or like you if austin to... had just like not gone out from the car like uh yeah. it's nice that you did that for the rock and for the people rikishi but um yeah. he's good and 
and I know this wasn't like some some like major attack. Like he didn't get run run over by a car. Sure, okay, but still, I think like it to, was the cliffhanger last week. Exactly, just to make the 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 mystery feel like that much more of a significant event. I think, or, or don't waste an angle like that. Yeah, Jay White like, didn't. You, need you to can be only there. do the mystery like who done it like so often, and mm-hmm. I would I would I would make that like a big. Like, look when NXT would do that with, like, the parking lot and how elaborate they used to make some of those, like, with all the suspects, all their motivations, and it would build up for several weeks before you get the answer. And that, to me, it's, like, that kind of... Uh, that kind of mystery can can be a great couple couple week angle. Yeah. So the mystery certainly is still there because yes, we like the audience knows it's not MJF. But um, I again, I think you could have had a lot more fun with it. I could, I think you could have had the Bullet Club Gold play play like you know detectives for weeks on end without Jay White being there just to be able to finally point the finger at MJF using evidence that they feel is you know justifiable. Instead, I think we rushed through a whole lot here. Um, but you know they chose to do this for whatever reason. Renee spoke with Orange Cassidy and Hook, and Orange Cassidy just mentions they could have been great tag team champions. They came so close. Hook is still a great champion because he has a title. And Hook just says, you know, you could be a great champion too. It should be you facing Phoenix next week, not Moxley. And man, how awkward for Renee here in the middle to hear this. And (laughs) Cassidy says, well, I mean, Moxley had the title for three weeks i mean i only had it for 11 months but whatever (laughs) so this is like orange cassidy uh starting to get a little uh jaded from the title uh the title rankings and the matchmaking in AEW. yeah i guess this is him trying to show that he's um kind of upset but also um thinking that he has he needs to stick to the gimmick and, and not necessarily care about it so i hope it means like you know sort of like in the weeks to come he'll start to increasingly get more and more like visibly pissed off to the point where he just starts like cutting these incredibly fiery promos because um at this point like we've seen orange cassidy like basically do what he does in ring and we know how capable he is i think he needs to find that same level of evolution on the microphone as he has you know um in ring where in ring it's not uncommon at all in every match to see orange cassidy not be lazy and fire up i kind of want to see him do the same now as a promo because we started to see that towards the end of the uh, tnt title sorry international title run and i think he needs to make it a, a regular part of his routine not not go you know not talk like a normal person every single time but when the scenario calls for it you know to be able to build up to show that that you have that extra register will only expand his tool set for you know bigger stories no, he, he's building up for like a breakdown. Like he's just going to yeah. lose it. He's going to snap. I hope so. Jericho and Kenny Omega against Kanosuke Takeshita and Kyle Fletcher. Uh, I thought Fletcher was great in this match. Mm-hmm. It's like your, your fill-in was not surprised here. I was only disappointed by the angle afterwards that it looks like he's going to be not attached to the Don Callis family and is sort of like off to his own. While they did not outright state on the broadcast that Mark Davis, what the injury was, but I think everyone is assuming he, he did break the wrist and that's mm-hmm. going to be, you know, not, not going to be a week-to-week injury. It'll be some time until he's back. So Fletcher and Jericho fight throughout the uh, the picture-in-picture. Picture. Omega's in, does the, the you-can't-escape into a backstabber onto Fletcher. Then the heels come back with a combination blue thunder bombs and a Michinoku driver. Jericho hit the Frankensteiner to Fletcher, and then it's everyone getting laid out with strikes, including a brain buster to Omega. We go through a second commercial, and after Omega's in, he uh, is hit with a powerbomb, or hits a powerbomb and knee strike to Fletcher. 
the knee strike and Snapdragon onto Keshta. And then we get the, the finishing sequence of a code breaker onto Pletcher that sends him into Kenny's arms for the one-winged angel in 15 minutes, 16 seconds. Audience got very into the closing uh, sequence. And then he is pinned. Callus yells. He goes from praising Kyle Fletcher for how great he's looked in this match. The pinfall is made. He screwed me. He screwed me. And he's pissed. And he's just ready to throw Kyle Fletcher to the wolves. And with that, powerhouse Hobbs runs in and he attacks Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho as Don Callis smiles. And then um, I think I timed this at about 18 minutes uh, that powerhouse Hobbs proceeded to beat these two men down. He just beat these two forever. He took Kenny into the crowd, put his head through this uh, guardrail. They taped up Kenny with duct tape to the top rope. And then instead of Hobbs using the chair, Don takes the chair and delivers a chair shot right on top of the head of Kenny. And the heat here is that Excalibur mentions that, you know, I thought that was a part of uh, pro wrestling that was behind us. So it's like in pro wrestling, there's lines to your beatdown angles. We don't mm. do unprotected chair shots. And yeah. Don Callis broke the code. Screwdrivers, I mean, fair game, you know, but I mean, uh, chairs to the head is uh, past the border of, I think, what's acceptable. Um, you know, so, so um, yeah, they, they, they did the Cody's um, uh, Sean Spears thing, you know, chair shot to the head. For uh, th- th- this had a better outcome than that one did. It certainly did, yeah. Um, and I have to, have to, have to believe that they again. So the, so the Cody Sean Spears for people who don't remember was an incident where they evidently they gimmicked up the chair, but it, but okay, so they gimmicked the gimmick the seat of the chair, but I guess Spears caught him with the frame the of the chair, yeah, yeah, the rest of the chair, and that busted up Cody bad, and that then made AEW look terrible and highly irresponsible. I have to believe that this time around they. They successfully would have gimmicked the chair um, because I don't think, uh, you know, Excalibur wouldn't have said that line I, again, uh, regardless. But I don't know. What do you think? Do you think like it's it's fair game to to TCTE um, when it's gimmicked or or do you, does it turn people off? I, I, I don't think it's either, to be quite honest. I think at times I, I lean to these as almost like overthinking things that you're playing to such a small subset Um uh, of fans that would look at this in in that kind of context like don Callis is <laughs> contributing to this guy's future cte uh with this i i i think you see enough of you know there are companies that do your unprotected chair shots and i don't think they gain a whole lot of heat it's it's more so it's just it's it's a turnoff for some and indifferent to most and that's this i think it's just it, it's an attack um I, I don't know if it really carries much weight with the audience I mean, I think it's novel in AEW. Uh, other than that, Sean Spears Cody moment, I don't know if you've really seen seen it. And the fact that they, you know, it, it's like a, seeing a pile driver in the WWE. Like, there's like sort of like an added level of maybe uh, realism attached to it that makes you pay attention. I think they needed something big enough like this, you know, for an attack of this sort. But I also, you know, I I can also see people being turned Do off. Do you think by... they're going to work like a concussion story? Um. What would that entail, I guess, for Kenny Omega? Because like we've seen guys with concussions, what would it entail for? I don't, I don't know. Kenny. It's not something that like to, and it's kind of tough when you 
like or literally have this example of John Moxley, who is nursing mm-hmm. a legitimate concussion, although he is uh, advertised for next week. So he's back. But um, I, 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 don't, mean, I, I, I don't I wouldn't have said that if, if not for like the fact that Excalibur was making such a big deal out of like this mm-hmm. spot. And like, that's not something that happens in pro wrestling anymore. These chair shots to the head. I think they needed something to write Kenny off for next week. He's not advertised for a match. Um, maybe even beyond that, you know. Uh, but they just he's got to have those Jay White recuperative abilities. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but they also needed something big for Hobbs. You know, making his debut here for the Callus family. Do you, Do you like that addition? I do. I think that I think Kenny Omega and Hobbs is a really interesting match uh, to do, and like the story that like. Can he lift this guy up? Probably not. He has to find a different way to beat powerhouse Hobbs. And like Hobbs is, you know, he has flirted with graduating to that next level. And it seems like he's one of many guys that they, they have that tease. And then it kind of just, they get put onto the back burner. This seems like something a bit more substantial. And I'm very happy to see him in this story and away from QTV. I think he had, he had outgrown that. And this is a more prominent position for him with a mouthpiece like Don Callis. So I like the pairing on paper a lot and we'll get to see next week with Jericho. Like that's, that's a pretty big match for, for Hobbs. Yeah. Yeah. It's really big. Um, I mean, it seems like they're making a big effort with him. I expect him to beat Jericho next week and the match with Kenny, I think will be a big one. So again, like Hobbs is a guy who's kind of jumped from faction to faction and you know, some of it not really sticking, especially lately. So I hope um, this one is a bit better for Renee was in the trainer's room with MJF. And the claims show up in the background and Max takes over massaging MJF who freaks out calling him a stalker and threatens to get a restraining order calling out his tweets that he uh, sends him. And MJF is so pissed off. He goes to call Adam Cole stating, I can't do this on my own anymore. And it goes to voicemail. Um, so I think the, the end result here is that um, these guys are going to become MJF's allies. That's what I think to offset bullet club gold. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they're they're um they're making this uh, MJF caster sort of um very uh, b- uh you know interesting Twitter relationship uh, a thing on screen and as a substitute for Cole not being there now having this sort of new like will they or won't they be best friends type of relationship between Max and Max is sure it could be very interesting. Sky Blue and Tony Storm featuring Tony Storm's great entrance. But before that. Oh, we gotta talk, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, we gotta talk about one of the best things on this show. Oh, Samoa Joe. I mean, this man, he does a vignette where he's got like a bourbon and a cigar. Amazing. Look at this guy. Wow. He knows what it's like to be hungry and when to be satisfied. I've been a champion everywhere I've gone. And I need to be focused and regain that hunger. I should be AEW world champion. But MJF did earn my respect. And they're all gonna realize that when I'm hungry. I always manage to eat. Mm. This is a great spot. I mean, this guy is just um, tailor-made for yeah. um, holding. I mean, I never thought about Samoa Joe in this fashion. You know, we've, we've, I guess, always seen him as this sort of like monster. But I mean, he's become a very cerebral monster. And this exactly reminds you of the kingpin from uh, Daredevil, doesn't it? You know, somebody who can beat the shit out of somebody, but also mastermind a plan to, um, you know, fuck you over mentally if you wanted to. This is like the perfect imagery. I'm so glad that they're using their resources to like, you know, create interesting video for even an established guy like a Samoa Joe. And it seems like they're teasing a rematch with Max. Yeah, it seems like it's another that he is going to work his way back towards the title, which I mean, it was was just such a... 
definitive win for MJF, but that, that match did very well for them. It moved tickets. It did very well in the numbers. And I think that it's one where it's one where you can revisit. And I, I like the idea. I've said this before of you're always building up contenders. It doesn't mean that you're immediately going to MJF and Joe, but it's everyone's got their eye on the belt and maybe it's, maybe it's a month from now, maybe it's four months from now, but everyone's working towards that belt and it is everyone's target that, that you have. And then it's not like you're just tapping a guy on the shoulder cold to build up for MJF. It's like, you've, you've established like your, your, your contenders for lack of a better term that are all in the hunt for the next title match. Tony storm and sky blue. Um, as I mentioned, great entrance here from Tony storm with the, the black and white filter Excalibur stating she, she is unwell and she goes to shake Blue's hand, but then attacks her with a short arm clothesline, hits her with the hip attack. And then while seated on the apron says, we'll be back right after these very important sponsors as she throws to NordVPN.com slash wrestling. <laughs> so great. I love this gimmick. You know, the, the I mean, it, it works so well, I think. I mean, did they have commercials back then? Did they whatever era of, of course you know? like uh, that was like the how they came up with the term soap operas like they would be like, you know, selling soap. Well, well, perfect, isn't it? Um, I I love all these sort of additions she's added to this gimmick beyond just, you know, the look and everything. And then she goes to the floor. And before we can go to the very important sponsors, she calls for a titty slap. Mm -hmm. Her words, not ours. Sorry. Her words. Yes. We come back. Blue makes a comeback, but then eats a tree slam. And then there's the hip attack and Storm Zero. Tony Storm oh my wins. God, bef before the hip attack. She now calls for a close-up in the corner as the camera zooms in Okada style. Uh, and then she delivers the hip attack, which may or may not be called the close-up from this point on. It, it, it's, it's wonderful. It's exactly what that finisher needed. Or a setup for the finisher, I should say. I loved her celebration after the match as well. Like She had yeah. just won, won the Academy Award. Um, yes. she's, she's excellent in, in this role. And she has completely crafted this story that never needs the championship like it's obviously like if she has this moment it's something you could go to but mm. it's it's hardly needs to be her destination like she has almost like created this whole world for herself and i, I hope they can just keep it fresh um it's super hot at, at the moment and it's just you know continuing to advance it forward and uh, like this is a very talented performer that i feel that there will be lots of uh, additions to this character to keep yeah. it moving AEW can build challengers, you know, like anytime they want. They build a new one every single month, seemingly. They don't have as much luck building successful characters that crowds organically have been drawn to. Um, and uh, this is like definitely one of them, uh, men or women, you know, uh, they put so much great work into this character. And tonight, again, felt like a real genuine debut, completing the transformation. You have the nickname now. You have the spirit makeup look. Um, things like, you know, throwing to commercial and the close up in the finisher, like just really great additions to this character that make it feel like it's own complete unique thing. Do you see RJ being part of the package at all? I would hope so. I think it would be a wonderful role for him. Like, I think RJ is, is very good in his role, but I personally like see his final landing spot as something in the, in the wrestling world, you know, like as a, as a character. Um, but you know, he, like he could do a lot. He could do a whole lot for, for Tony. Rampage on Friday has Menard, Angelo Parker, Jake Hager, and Daniel Garcia against the Hardys and the best friends. Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida against Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir and a four-way to determine the next ROH title challenger with Penta, Lince Dorado, Commander, and Johnny TV 
And Stokely has stated that Eddie Kingston will be on commentary. They need a champion that smells like Tom Ford, not Burger King and Newports. Mm. So Stokely is trying to unseat Eddie Kingston as the unfit Mm -hmm. ROH champion. Collision at 7 p.m. They've only announced FTR against Big Bill and Ricky Starks for the tag titles and Kiara Hogan against Tony Storm for Saturday. And then next week, uh, Adam Copeland, Luchasaurus, Brian Danielson, and Swerve with the winner receiving a TNT title shot. Soraya against Sheeta for the women's title, Phoenix and Moxley for the international title, Powerhouse Hobbs against Jericho, and Jay White against Hangman Page. So a very loaded show next week at the the world-renowned Cable Dahmer Arena in Independence, Missouri. Okay, Cable Dahmer? Yes. Is that a company? Jeffrey Dahmer. Cable Dahmer? Yeah. What does that mean? Is that a brand? Oh, Cable Dahmer Automotive. Okay. New and used car dealerships. Okay. Shivani's in the ring and brings out Adam Copeland, who states that you were the, the voice of my childhood. Now get out of the ring, as he laughs. And we get an Adam chant, which he notes he has never received before. Says, here he is. He was told he couldn't do this anymore in 2011, and now I'm in an AEW ring in 2023. And boy, would that AEW title look good around my waist. And mentions all the different first-time matches he could have, mentioning John Moxley, Kenny Omega, Miro, Hobbs, Jay White, Juice Robinson, and he spoke to his daughters about what he should do. He asked them, should I retire? And his nine-year-old lyric told him to go have fun with Uncle Jay. And that's, he said, he explains to us, you call him Christian Cage. <laughs> One of those, like, why do yeah. we call him Christian Cage? I don't know. Uncle don't Jay, say. maybe that's the baby face turn eventually. Uh, I like Uncle Jay a bit more even. Yes. He calls out Christian. And Adam explains that they have been best friends for 40 years. And it's this industry that ensured that we'll be best friends forever. And he explains his actions that he did on Sunday, why he threw the chair at Luchasaurus and hit Nick Wayne in the back. He said he still loves Christian, even with the way he's acting. But I saw what you were going to do to Sting. Sting! And he explains that this was Christian's idol when he was a child. You took his picture to the barbershop and wanted your haircut done like sting. I was Luger and you were sting. What a combo in uh, Orangeville. You imagine these two yeah, around the streets with the rat tail and, you know, mullet. Um, I could totally see it. He can't stand by and watch him try to do that to sting. Who's a legend who has done this for four decades, has been making people feel for four decades and he knows that when Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne drain you for all your knowledge, they're going to drop you like a bad habit, and you won't even see it coming. So Adam says, it's time. It's time for the two of us to team together and face a team like FTR, like the Young Bucks, and prove that we are one of the greatest teams of all time. Let's end our careers together one more time. And Christian comes and gives him a hug and then puts the microphone up. Go Fuck yourself. And this crowd is heartbroken. They are so sad that they are not going to get these two best friends going on one last run together. They chant asshole at him. Christian said three words in this segment, and he was amazing. He walks up this up the ramp and is joined by Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne in the most ugly of sweaters possible for this heel run. And they push the match for next Tuesday. Adam Copeland against Luchasaurus. I thought this segment was awesome. And mm. to me, Christian was the star of it. I just thought he was so good. And 
man, the, the demeanor he held and just the line at the end. I mean, you just you've dangled something for the audience now that whenever they get to like at some point they come together to team. But that could be two years from now, mm-hmm. health pending for both of these guys. But um, it was a nice, I think, long term thing to dangle, but snatching it away from the fans and making them want it that much more when you're ready to do that which could be a long way away. You also needed a, a reason for the two to feud with each other. And, you know, telling some a best friend to go fuck himself on national TV might, might be, you know, one of those things that that'll do that. Um, Christian is, you know, one of the best villains in professional wrestling today. And something like this, this segment, this association with edge coming in, makes him that much hotter and immediately shoots him up to be, you know, like this is now potentially the hottest program in the the entire company. We're talking about Christian and edge at this point, you know, in their fifties. This was everything it needed to be at this stage of their careers. I think they're both like maybe the best promos that they've ever been Um, Christian with his character, but Adam Copeland as you know, his own kind of like very um, authentic, real life self that to me has always been the strength of his ability to talk he sounds like a real person and all his words um you know talking about his daughter and everything everything sounds incredibly believable and it's probably it probably is very believable i had wondered where he was going to go when he mentioned like you know um lyric telling him to go play with uncle jay because in a kayfabe context what what exactly would that mean you know but he explained it perfectly He, he his daughter wants him to team up with christian for a tag team one more time. And um, this man said, go fuck yourself. So I loved this. This was a great introduction for Adam Copeland. Yes. Yes. It will be. Um, it, it, it reminded me of that time that, that my child told me to go have fun with uncle way. And then I, I suggested to way and, and he told me the exact same three words. Well, you know, um, I, I, I do look pretty good in a turtleneck. So, so what'd you think of tonight's dynamite? Um, I, I felt it was uh, my highlights. I, I really did enjoy like the last segment. I thought it's, it laid a lot, um, set up a lot for, for that story and, you know, did a big promo segment. Uh, I love the Phoenix uh, Nick Jackson match. There was also stuff on the, on this show that uh, I actively did not like um, mainly something I got to see t- two times uh, over, <laughs> but what'd you think overall? And, and also like the kind of the structure of, of the show now that we've had several episodes and you can see like how, how this has, like what dynamite is sort of uh, adjusting itself to be, which I, I do find in contrast to collision. Well, what, what exactly is that contrast? I'm, I'm curious to hear from you. I, I think that there's a lot more focus on just like long uh, talking segments in, in the ring, mm-hmm. more promo features and videos, which I think are an enhancement. I think Cause that Joe kind of doing that on... promo was way more effective than him coming out and winning in a minute. Cause um, that kind of started on collision. I think collision still has a lot of video elements as well. Like I would say overall, the product itself has more video video pre-production elements. Well, it does feel, I mean, and it's only two weeks, but it does feel like the max segment of him coming out and doing like a 15 minute talking segment is becoming more of a, mm-hmm. a staple of dynamite, which was not something in the past that you were getting that lengthy of a non-wrestling segment that, you know, the, the show had largely, like it used to almost feel as though they were, they were paranoid to go too long without yeah wrestling like the wrestling content was extremely high and i'm not arguing against like playing with the formula but it is a notable change so you felt last week's mjf and and jay white segment might have gone a little bit too long and 
I kind of felt that this week, you know, and and I think partially again it could be dependent on the viewer, but I also for me tonight was it was dependent on the crowd interaction, and I thought there were several times where MJF was looking for a call and response, and even though he might be getting them because they sounded a little bit quieter through the camera, um, it felt a little bit awkward for me. So I would have said like you could have probably trimmed down that segment, you know, on several ends when when everybody was speaking just a little bit. But beyond that, I. I thought the show was really good, you know, like it, it had uh, the Tony Storm re-debut, which I thought it was extremely successful. Um, you had Hobbs, you know, officially enter basically the uh, Callus family. Um, so like for storytelling elements and Adam Cole, oh, sorry, Adam. Uh, yeah, the Adam Cole Roderick song, which I was a fan of, but you weren't. Uh, and then Adam Copeland and Christian having their interaction Cope. in the main event. Cope, yes. Um, so throughout all those things, I thought everything was like worthwhile on the show and it had overall a feeling of just like great relevance, this show, you know, um, it felt like there were no sort of like fat moments that you could trim. In terms of the, let's link this to like the, the TNT title picture. So Christian is your champion. You're doing Danielson and Swerve next week. Would you like, first of all, do you see the destination being Adam Copeland and Christian for full gear with that? Would you assume that's the direction or do you yeah, see maybe that that almost feels is it too soon? I don't know, because he's going to go through Luchasaurus. You would think he would go through Nick six Morgan. and a half weeks, as I said, a very, very long time. <laughs> you could be right. Yeah. I mean, that could be the destination. I almost think, though, that's a bit too early to extinguish the feud. But then, you know what? It probably wouldn't even be an extinction. You, you could like, do some kind of tag where it's like a six man. Maybe it's like time to do FTR and Adam Copeland Rated. against Chris. Save. Like I think at Perfect. this point you do have to do the the Copeland Christian match at some point. I yeah. think you've. you've I think you could drag that, that out. I think you could drag that out like past to to the next cycle. Um, because I think there is enough storytelling there. But the the trios match between you know uh, uh Christian Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne against rated FTR I think is is a perfect destination. Now is it attractive enough for a pay per view? Especially now that we've already seen like you know we'll be seeing uh, Edge have his sorry Adam Cope have his uh first singles match next week. I, I don't know, but um, I, I could certainly see him wrestling multiple times in this next six right. week period. Like I, yeah. well, yeah. you know, at this rate, like he intends to be a full time wrestler. Um, maybe you do go to Christian, you know, for full gear, and then you can still do subsequent rematches down the line. So, do you, do you see Danielson or Swerve getting this TNT title? I think that's a really interesting one, John, because, I mean, I would argue that both men can't really afford losses right now. They've given Brian so much, you know, so, like wins over uh, Ricky Starks. He he beat uh, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Not that, you know, that outcome was, was really in, in so much jeopardy. But at the same like, time, like both have much more of a stronger claim for the AEW title than Jay White has uh, true. accumulated. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're fighting yeah. for the TNT belt. Yeah, like, I thought for sure they were setting up Swerve because, like, that was a major win. Um, and like Danielson and Swerve were like your two key guys coming out in terms of winning, like your, I would argue, top two matches on the show. Yeah, I personally think a win over Brian would take Swerve over to that next level, and I think he should be the one, especially coming off the Hangman Page um, win. Otherwise, why have a beat Hangman? At the same time, they've given Brian so many strong wins, and he's arguably, you know, he is the bigger name. So, um. MJF versus Brian two would be that much of a bigger match. Sure. Um, but I would like to see Swerve get the spot, especially if they have another match already for full gear. It's a lot of interesting directions that they have at their disposal, but we have one direction to go in and that is towards you, the listener with any super chats. And we have feedback from the forum with your thoughts on tonight's four year anniversary show of dynamite. Correct usage of anniversary. They, they, they passed the test. Yes. Not that hard. 
All right. We have some super chats. Thank you again to everybody watching us at youtube.com slash post wrestling. Please do us a favor and subscribe. We're trying to hit 15,000 subs. Big round number. Everyone, everyone stop right now. Hit subscribe if if not already. It's one click. Costs you nothing. Do it. And way will wake up a happy man. You can never like you can choose to never visit us again. You know, you could just like do nothing. But as long as you uh, help feed our egos with a nice round number, that's all we ask. Thank you. Let's go to Brandon from New Jersey. He says, probably a dumb question, but to pause it. <laughs> Let's just stop there. <laughs> Does New Japan Pro Wrestling commentator Walker Stewart look like post-worker John Cena? Um, good question. Up, you'd have to pull up a photo of uh, – Yeah. I, I would need maybe a side-by-side. And I uh, mean, if you're thinking about John Cena, there's nobody that comes to mind um, more than DJ Khaled. But – uh, I could see the resemblance. Can you? <laughs> I can. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not a a dumb observation, Brandon. I Cino can, would I have to grow the, the the nice hair. It does feel like a Cino incognito. Hmm, interesting. Yes. Is John Cena secretly calling New Japan? Is that what Brandon is alluding to? He's a very busy man. So, if there's somebody who could fit it on his plate, I imagine it would be Cena. Cena no mention going... of Demetrius Johnson tonight on Dynamite. He lost to Kenny Omega in the Street Fighter Six Showdown. Well, maybe if he won. That's no joke. I mean, Demetrius Johnson was like a serious, serious gamer. And Kenny Omega's, obviously, he was up for the challenge. Is he a Street Fighter gamer, though? Because, like, isn't that Kenny's specialty? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe at the edge. All right. Jake from the Windy City says, I'm tired of seeing the Canadian destroyer becoming another move. It used to be such a special thing to see, but now every show has it more than once. I mean, it's, it's... It's it's a move that that's over. It gets it gets a reaction. It's I I don't know. I never looked at it as like this, this ultra protected move. It's I mean that's just it's it's part of the play and that's where it is. It is sort of like the like indie riffic like type of move, right? That and I would say at this point the the poison rana like are they're surefire like hits, you know, the, to to elicit big reactions and um. For one thing, I think it's – I'm not going to say it's easy to do, but, like, it, there are a lot of very capable people uh, who, who could pull it off, um, receivers more more so than, you know, people actually doing it. Um, and it just gets a great reaction. So, And it's Dave, also, like, any anytime you talk about that, you want to get a move over, let a guy win with a move for three weeks in a row, it'll yeah. be over. Double like, clothesline. Dude, dude, Kanosuke Takeshita just pinned Kenny Omega from a knee strike. A knee strike. Dude, double clothesline, body slam, kangaroo kick. Look at it. Any and, move can be a finisher if you treat it as such. Like, honestly, yeah. like MJF has, like, tapped into kind of just, like, your basic yeah. storytelling psychology. Give mm-hmm. the audience something they, they want to see. Give the babyface a challenge to overcome the crowd is happy. Tease them and give them what they want. You should teach uh, – you should put that on a shirt or something. Um, okay. Okay, let's go to forum.postwrestling.com. Oh, you're first this time. Oh, God. Jesse from Cincinnati. Seems the Edge AEW arrival may have passed its first test, but Edge's big test come Tuesday, <laughs> come Tuesday when the AEW and NXT thing happens. I still think why TK should have been the one buying WWE so AEW can have everyone in the wrestling world. But do you think we even see the day we see WWE and AEW on the same networks? That is TBS and TNT? Got question mark. That's a that's a period. P.S. Stop. See, look, he could clearly use quite the periods. He even added them in, in, inside P.S. P dot S dot. OK, he just chooses not to. Anyway, he says, P.S. Stop the fan tribalism that Jade Cargill betrayed AEW and Edge betrayed WWE. It is the wrestling business. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's 
I'm not going to spend time here, like lecturing people on how to be fans, but it's like, I, I apply this again, as I said at the beginning, when it gets into like, like nasty stuff that it's like, you're just being reprehensible online. If it's just like, yes, you have bred these fans that are going to be very passionate about these things. That sounds so trivial of someone jumping back and forth. But it's like, I equate this to like, you know, your favorite player is traded to your rival team. Yeah, that's part of the passion you get from a fan base. Now, when it gets into toxicity, yeah, you you draw a line somewhere. But it's like, I'm also not going to get like so bent out of shape that, you know, there is an emotional component of fans that are just uh, like just really over the top when it comes to these things. I think it's great it's a function of this system it's a function of competition to 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 root for your favorite team um you know maybe an unwanted byproduct of that is you know an insult of of somebody's um personal qualities or um you know i don't know insulting your your mother for for being a fan of aw or something i don't know dude i saw someone tweet something that (laughs) Edge should be removed from the WWE Hall of Fame. I'm like, how can you be upset at this? Like, this is comical to me. Like, if that's yeah. the response, that's hurting nobody. It's prime fodder of just, that's a funny tweet, okay? Hilarious. Yes, Edge should be out of the WWE Hall of Fame. Like, yeah. I, Listen, I, I, like, I, I think know. it goes a lot further than that, especially if you're, it, you're, it does. you're, you're the person, like you, right? Yeah. Especially if you're the wrestler. Like, the, I think there's a clear reason why Edge felt the need to send what he sent out, um, it, addressing, you know, first of all, a goodbye to his WWE family, but also to, I like, I can only imagine what personal attacks the guy might be receiving, you know, through his DMs um, about this sort of thing. It's, it's super weird. We're all just like, you know like let's treat this like it's sports i mean i guess sports sports bands get it pretty bad too when it's when it's the other they city. do but anyway let's go to robbie from london hadn't watched live in a few weeks but what a great show to be back for and what a final segment never was a big wwe guy but edge and christian was an exception and although i knew christian would say no part of me was just hoping to be surprised amazing work by all but although i assume we will get to the team do you guys think they will go through a feud first yes Uh, Do we need to wait for a Christian face turn? Part of me would love to see it with Adam as a face and cage still heel as a team. Great work as always. And loving the audio news updates. Thank you, Robbie. Yeah. As we've gone through, I think you go through the program and I think down the line, long way down the line, you, you do the team. And I understand I'm stating like long, long way to line for a guy who's about to turn 50 in a few weeks. And Christian, who I don't think is too far behind that, that age as well. Um, but Christian but, just main evented a pay-per-view in a two out of three falls, man. And, and Christian yeah. is held up like to the best of our knowledge is held up very well during this yeah. AEW run, unless there's been any like secret injuries edge though. I mean, like he, he has had his, his mm-hmm. serious injuries uh, throughout his career and not all that long ago when he had the, uh, the, the tear against uh, Randy Orton a few years ago. So, I mean, but that's, that's to be expected like for, for any of these guys, I would say, regardless of age, it's like you are going to run into that mm-hmm. very high intense style and, you know, the bodies are. Don't be diving into crowds, you know, don't be diving off of ramps, you know, we just just maybe avoid some of those. But, you know, right now, like Christian is has found an incredibly hot heel character and Edge coming into AEW is going to be a baby face. So why not ride those waves out at the same time and build this really hot program that could potentially occur between the two for now? Do you, do you see him introducing anything new next week, like like move set wise? Do you, do you just go with the, totally. go with the hits? Because he strikes me as somebody that is looking for 
as much of a refresh as possible, but yeah. you also like your audience as well. It's like, yeah. you know, you, you don't want to be the, um, the, if, if Wu Tang on, on a Sunday decide, Hey guys, we have all these new songs we want to play tonight and we're just going to scrap the old stuff. It's like you, you, you need the compromise, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Wrestling is a bit different though. I mean, yes. Like I, if the rock comes back, I want to see him hit a people's elbow. I want to see a rock bottom, but, um, you, you can still do like the spear and stuff, but it's like win with like some other totally. move. Like, and, and now he doesn't have to rely on terrible edge puns, like the oh, educator. The greatest and, aspect of this signing is yeah. the end of education. No, edgomatic. Inst- instead, we're going to get great cope puns. Like, um, uh, uh, the great white cope, um, <laughs> a cope spot cope. late in the match. A what? Copa Cola, Copa dope. <laughs> no, it's gonna be even better, dude. Edge was a terrible name. Like it was a really <laughs> terrible name for wrestling. It's just you associate it with like a character that did well, but it was an awful name. I thought it was fine. He he made it work. I'm more than happy to see him move on i think i think he is too like adam is a better chantable name than edge i suppose so again though we have several adams on this roster There's a lot of adams maybe that yeah. will be a future stipulation at stake okay let's continue here um you're next here with luke hale luke hale says this was a really messy dynamite multiple audio problems having to replay a segment twice is really bad i couldn't hear what was said in some of the backstage segments either we had maybe the weakest well okay yeah i, I definitely agree like some of those audio issues are and it's not like one week, you know, like we've had transmission issues. Some of these these things you can't necessarily avoid, but you would really they're definitely worth criticizing, I would say. Uh, let's uh, he also says we had maybe the weakest promo I've heard from MJF. Really disappointing follow up to last week's very strong segment with Jay White. I know people have been very positive about Tony Storm, but the new gimmick is not clicking for me. The overacting is too much. I mean, <laughs> I wish it could be a little more subtle. <laughs> it's unfortunately. <laughs> It sort of is the gimmick, uh, Luke Hale, but I mean, again, it might. It, I could definitely see it not being for everybody. That's just a case of you. You just don't like the character, which is fine. Yeah. But like, you, you can't really complain about like the elements that are vital to the character. To you don't like the character, and you don't have to. He says he wasn't feeling this week's show, but hopefully next week will be strong. Yeah, I I agree on his point. Like, it felt like last week was the start of this story with MJF and Jay White. And like tonight's segment for the title match should have been like weeks down the road. It just felt mm-hmm. like we we went from like we condensed a month in between these seven days from the Agreed. attack to title matches set. Yeah. Eddie from Austin writes, really enjoyed this episode. Felt like a throwback in a way to a, with a hot Jackson Lucha Brothers match to start and some some bodies that haven't been seen in a while, like Wardlow, Griff, and Kip Sabian. The MJF Cole vignettes have been largely hit or miss for me. No way I needed to see that treading water skit twice. And was Wardlow shoot storming off at the end because his segment got cut for that crap? No, I I, I don't think they really had a, a Iron Man scheduled for Wardlow and Griff Garrison. I'm generally forgiving of production issues, but the audio problems tonight were ridiculous. Was really hoping for a Darby update because... Because those spots on Sunday looked lethal. Go climb Everest, dude. It's probably safer than a wrestling match. Yeah, no health updates on um, Darby nor um, uh, Mark Davis. Mm. I mean, they typically don't do that. It's like they're very hush-hush about legitimate injuries other than Mm -hmm. like maybe your bare bones facts um, that come out like in the press conference. But I mean, they they don't have like this history of really shining a light on – 
injuries or updates and such, unless they're necessitated to like, like an Adam Cole, for instance. Jesse from the six says, how was Tony Schiavone the voice of Adam Copeland's childhood? Was there a year long period where after Schiavone joined JCP in 1983 and before the WWF took over the Toronto territory? Even if so, the voice of 10 year old Copeland's life was surely Bob Cottle. I don't know how Copeland and Riesel were watching WCW. I never saw WCW on TV, and there certainly weren't any Bunkhouse Stampede or Battle Bowl VHS tapes cassette to rent at the Queen video near me in the 90s. Maybe I'm just too young, and perhaps there was a hot tape trading scene in Orangeville. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure he was a, you know, a frequent. Uh, could he have not have got, got the uh, Superstation TBS through cable? Um, I did. He probably could have. Yeah, I, I, I can't speak to Now, would he have been a child then? I guess that's more of a well. He he was born in seventy three, so you so know what age does somebody stop becoming a child? So he's probably talking about like the 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 mid Atlantic stuff, which would have been, um, ah, well let let's say like into like early like by the time he's like ten years old, like Shivani is you know he's he's the main voice there. Um, and would he have received? Them. Re, would he have received um any sort of JCP or uh? Tony Schiavone broadcasting in Orangeville. He's saying, um, again, if he had access to like the the superstation and such, then yeah, he would he would have been. So it's um uh, again, it, it's it's before my era, so I, I can't really speak to like what the uh what the cable access was in the early eighties before I was born. I I, I tend to believe him. Uh, I, I don't think I I certainly feel like <laughs> yeah. he's being legitimate with us. Yeah, Brian uh, in New Jersey. Is, Writes in, for people in the U.S. using Fios, Spectrum, and DirecTV, tonight's Dynamite, and as of now, Rampage, Collision, and next week's Dynamite are not listed at their scheduled times on the DVR schedule, so be forewarned U.S. viewers with busy schedules. Yeah, in fact, Tony Khan even tweeted about this, about them being uh, either listed, I think. I, I didn't look at the the exact uh, verbiage, but yeah, there seemed to be an issue with like the listings. Pretty decent show. I was hot and cold with it. My favorite parts were the closing segment, timeless Tony Storm and Ray Phoenix against Nick Jackson and Samoa Joe too. I'm glad that they replayed the Cole Strong segment after the sound was messed up the first time, but it wasn't any better when I could hear it. Happy to see the Hosses return as before this, they've been getting under underserved in AEW almost as much as the women. I shared in Taz Caliber's disgust with Callis's chair shot. It was clear Next week is the big focus, especially when they were selling it during the finish of an acclaimed match. The full post-match promos from Wrestle Dream are on their YouTube page and are well worth watching. Okay. So there you have it. Uh, Dynamite, the go-home show for Title Tuesday next week. Head-to-head with NXT. Oh, I feel, I feel as much Cody excitement Rhodes. about this, this Tuesday that, as I do um, uh, a pay-per-view, certainly. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a big show. And, and, and I don't think it's a nothing either. Like, we look at this as like, what what does this mean in the grand scheme of things? I think in the grand scheme of things, you are looking at the fact that you still have WWE with half their their TV rights for sale. You have AEW that is going to be into this mix. And how viable is a Tuesday night for a wrestling audience? And again, AEW being competitive with like, like it is to their advantage, I feel, that this is a beefed up show that you don't get the excuse of they're just going up against the C show. Like this is a loaded up show and AEW being within striking distance of it, I think that's a feather in their cap to move their audience. It's a it's a yeah. mobile audience and one that can go against what is a very is going to be in a, a very very strongly pushed episode of NXT. Probably the hardest they have pushed in NXT in a long time. And for 
fans that have only watched AEW and might not have paid attention to NXT in a long, long time, this gives WWE incentive to get those audiences to tune into their show for the first time in a long, long time. I mean, I think both companies will benefit from this. Okay. Well, we will have you covered next Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern time. The Invasion here on Rewind to Dynamite. It is a collaboration with uh, Poison Rana's Davey Portman and Braden Harrington as we will go through both shows. Wayne and I are watching Dynamite. They are watching NXT. Are you going to be trying to watch both? I'll have it on the background, but I'll have audio up for Dynamite. Okay. Yeah. So that is uh, coming up next Tuesday. Look forward to that. And Way and I are back on Thursday evening at postwrestlingcafe.com for our review of the 1987 film Predator, which just came up short for Best Picture as uh, we are going to be going through a very deep plot and the the origins of um, CGI in the late 80s. Okay. All right. Carl yeah. Weathers, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Carl Jesse Weathers. Body Ventura. Yeah, it's a violent movie. So buckle up, and we will uh, have you covered on Thursday. And then we're back Friday night. Rewind to SmackDown at 10 Eastern. Fastlane and collision coverage Saturday. And Sunday, we have got rest uh we have we have, and see you later i was gonna say see you later but that's on monday man it's it's tough. no no, no that's I, sunday night slash monday yeah okay so there you have it and a post pro res dropping friday so write that all down uh with karen and wh that's it for us thank you for tuning in to rewind to dynamite bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a five dollar wager on any sport you'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc